I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I want to welcome everybody to the Unimpressed Podcast today. Friend calling in from California, and her name is Tasha Rain, has a book out. Welcome, Tasha. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I like to unearth the person and, and figure out who they are and, and what motivates them, what drives them. And, you know, with this journey that you've been on in the in the porn industry and being a new model, being a writer, I read some of your writing and you're, you're a very good writer. How do you combine these attributes as one career for yourself? And, and is this something that is, is passionate to you? And what's the driving force? So I love being a mom. It's like the best job ever. Obsessed. I have a one-year-old son. And that's my number one priority. And I just love being a mom. I've been working on my book for a few years now. I've, I really wanted to publish a book because I felt like I had this story weighing on my shoulders. And sometimes it's very cathartic to just write it down. And I also enjoy being able to have a metaphorical conversation with people through the written word. It's really nice to be able to give people stories to relate to and to be entertained by. So I have been writing since I was probably creatively writing when I was like a teenager. And then now I feel like I could see myself writing more often, but I don't know if I'm necessarily going to dive into writing another book. It was, it was definitely cathartic, but I just, I really enjoy kind of more of a short blog or a blog because that's, the time that I have right now since being a mom is just like all consuming. Now, when you got into the porn industry, is this something that you fell into? Is something you wanted to do? I mean, is this a, you know, a lot of people, you know, being in entertainment business, this is a character, right? You're a character on, on camera and then you're someone else off camera. I mean, what is that dynamic? for you? And, and how do you feel about that being a mom now? And, and kind of, I mean, you're still young, you're only 34 years old. What is that thought process? Um, I definitely enjoyed my career in entertainment. It's been really fun. And I agree that, you know, you definitely have a character that you play on screen and then one that's off camera. I find myself now that I'm a little bit older, kind of just being myself all the time and not feeling the need to to portray a certain character, especially because, you know, nowadays I am not on a big adult film set or anything like that. But yeah, being a mom has definitely made me feel like I want to protect my child's innocence from the media in general. Like we don't let him watch screens, television, movies, anything like that, obviously, because he's one year old. But I live in a place that's full of nature. 
And it's really an interesting environment because Los Angeles is just so sprawling. You don't always think about how there's like little micro cultures within it. And we live in like a really um, organic, pretty place. So I feel like it's easy to kind of blockade the media from our day-to-day life. But um, yeah, I, in high school, was really in to the show, The Girls Next Door. And that just kind of opened up an entryway into being fascinated by the sex industry in general. And then when I moved up to Los Angeles from Laguna Beach, I was able to access that firsthandedly, which I feel like is really unique. And a lot of women all over the United States, you know, have ideas and dreams and fantasies about what they want to do. But to be able to like live in LA and have access to whatever those dreams are is pretty awesome. When I first discovered The Girls Next Door, I wasn't immediately thinking that I was going to be an adult film actress, but I definitely felt like I was going in a direction where I wanted to express myself in front of a camera. And I was attracted to a more kind of confident, sexual um, celebrity. So I feel like the people that I looked up to most were like you know, Holly Madison and Carmen Electra. And so one thing led to another and I ended up reading the book, How to Make Love Like a Porn Star by Jenna Jameson. And that kind of was the tipping point that brought me into actually connecting into the hardcore adult world. When you prepare for something like that, I mean, what does that take mentally to prepare yourself to do that? You you know what I mean? And then I, because I'm sure, you know, after the fact, you you know, with your photos and, and films being all over the place, you have to deal with certain personalities that might not be so fun. You, you know what I'm saying? You have guys respond to girls and so forth. But when you're in that position, what do you have to do to mentally prep yourself to to achieve what you want to on camera? You know, I think it just depends on the day and what you're doing. It's always nice when you have worked with the male or female talent or the director before because it's like a sense of familiarity that I think is necessary to achieve being comfortable at work. And what it depends on what the act kind of is for the day, how you'll prepare, whether that's going to be a lot of dialogue or a lot of physical prep. But, you know, overall, I feel like making sure that you're on top of your aesthetic and the way that you look on film is definitely a priority. Um, But it's kind of like most modeling or acting jobs where, you know, there's a crew and different things you'll need to check off the to-do list in the day. And it's very much just a job, even though that sounds crazy. After a while, it feels like kind of any other type of job, except that it's probably a lot more fun than an office job. That's that's cool. I'm just trying to get into your head a little bit, you know, and I mean, to each his own. And I think there's there's a lot of ways to travel down a road of, of what you want to do in life. And, you know, being a mother and where you're at now, are, are you uh, you said you're in a, in a nice place. Do you do any spiritual stuff, any meditation or you? I mean, knowing I lived in Brentwood for five and a half years, cornered Sunset in Barrington. 
Mm. in Brentwood Village. And, you know, got a lot of friends out there. A lot, they're raw foodists. They're into spirituality, a lot of meditation and so forth. I'm a clairsentient myself, so I can I can dial in to people pretty well. Um, so, yeah, just what's, tell me a little bit about that, because I'm picking up a little bit of energy from you, vibe. I don't know if you're like a Nordic or where your lineage is from, but I don't know. That's just the feeling I get. Oh, so yeah, I'm definitely spiritual. I would like to say that I practice transcendental meditation, but I have been pretty bad at it. Like today, I was only able to do it for 10 minutes and you're supposed to do it twice a day for 20 minutes. So each time. So it's really, it's been really difficult for me to commit, but for the most part, every day I get in some form of meditation. I think it's so important. And I practice yoga when I have the opportunity to. I think LA is a perfect place to get spiritual and explore that side. As you know, from living here, it's just kind of a part of the culture. So yeah, I'm definitely into God. I love like, I love going to church. I love praying. I like like everything about spirituality really gets me excited. That's true. But my, um, I wouldn't, is Scandinavian part of a Nordic background? Cause that's yes. the only part. Nordic. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, I have, I have like maybe like 20% Scandinavian. The Nordics are very, very powerful lineage if you will. And you should do some research and that might give you some firm footing on who you are and and if you're experiencing anything or feeling anything that you're not aware of, it could help you dial in more understanding that. But definitely a powerful source uh with that being part of your lineage. I mean they started they started a lot of things that kind of created the world. And there's questions about where these people were from. Are you Nordic? I am I'm Native American. I'm Cherokee Indian. So I kind of come from the other side, but kind of part of the same family, but uh, different civilization. Got it. If that makes sense. I don't know how deep you go down in a rabbit hole with that stuff, but like being a clairsentient, like if you see something and I see the same thing, I probably see it in times 10. You know what I'm saying? Like the how I experience stuff. So there's there's different variants and, and so forth. So if you ever having feelings or anything like that, that, that you don't know what they are. If you understand that lineage, that would probably help you out because I know I was, you know, I was the guy that all my friends were seeking this, this world out. And I was the last one on the list that you would think would end up being who I am today. But I just been in, I don't know, past four or five years, you know, with, with energy coming out my hands and things respond to me and so forth, you know, cause the universe is changing. Things are changing, but I do pick up a big aura from you. Uh, it's just. Oddly, oddly saying that. Hopefully, hopefully that don't <laughs> that don't uh, push you away or anything. But that's just what I I felt when you came on camera. That's so cool that you have that skill set to be a clair. Uh, is it a clairvoyant or what is that? Clairsentient. Clair- oh, what's the difference between a clairvoyant and a clairsentient? I kind of encomp- encompass all the clairs. Like a little bit, everything. Medi- I can, you know, psychic, medium. I can get oh, into wow. people's head. You know, uh, I see things, you know, I kind of see things six to 12 months ahead. Sometimes when I'm talking to people, I'll think people are, will be on the same page with me. Oh. In, in my head's like six six months ahead or 12 months ahead or, uh, or an idea or a thought process is six months ahead. And I'm forgetting 
that I haven't explained what the deal is. And people are looking at me like I'm crazy because I think they know what I'm thinking sometimes. So sometimes it's a detriment because I, I kind of pass steps or skip steps, if you will. Okay, that's really interesting. Yeah, it's kind of wild. How do you find balance now? Where do you want to move? You, you release this book and where do you want to move with your life and find balance? Oh, I mean... I am currently very happy, you know, with what I'm up to. Um, I have a passion for interior design. And so just today, actually, I'm signing a lease on my first shop and I'm opening up an antique interior design store in LA. And I'm so excited about it. It's kind of sounds random, but I have been like obsessed with this idea for years. So I'm really, I'm really excited. Are you just a country girl from Laguna Beach? I really am. I don't know how it happened because Laguna is not the country. Yeah. But I just feel, I mean, I I definitely feel like I'm a country girl. I have two pot-bellied pigs and seven chickens and, and I and I and I love the country life. <laughs> I just guessed that and I didn't know you had a pigs or chickens. I yeah. don't know. That's a vibe I got. So your your family, what what was the childhood like? A little bit of the story helped put the narrative out with the book. What was that all about? Um, I had a pretty idyllic childhood in Laguna Beach. And I grew up in the same place my whole entire life. I'm still friends with all my friends since I was in preschool, which is pretty crazy. I think about that all the time. I'm like, do other people still have all their friends from when they were in preschool? I don't think so. So it's a really like tight knit community and it still is. And like, it is actually a lot like a small country town in the South, but it's on the ocean. Yeah. So it's like everybody knows everybody and it's really tiny and you can't really get out of it, but it's on, it's on the, on the water. But, um, yeah, I mean, obviously in the book, it kind of like delves into the details about my family life. Cause I think that's an important part of it. Really anybody's life growing up, the lack of a family or the fact that they had a family, but mine's definitely a big blended orange County family. And, um, yeah. You know, when you're a child, and the reason I ask these things is to kind of unearth the person. You bring some lineage to the table. Obviously, your environment has an effect. But when you're you're born, your subconscious is being programmed. And then when you get to a certain point in life, you start responding with your unconscious bias. So there's things innately in you that you start responding to your unconscious bias. And then sometimes, however thick that that program is in your subconscious, it makes it hard for humans to get to consciousness. And sometimes if you can identify those things of that programming and and, and, and work those out or whatever it may be or uh, things you want to change, a lot of people don't know how to do that. But you can do that with meditation. You can do that with, with anything. I think that's a, a very important driving factor of people's lives. And, and a lot of people don't realize that. Definitely. Meditation can help you reach a consciousness that you never even knew existed. It's incredible. I I can't believe meditation is not taught in school. I feel like that would be way more important. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We keep a lot of emotions bundled up inside in life, and sometimes we got to talk to people. I witnessed the benefits with my own two eyes. I have a close friend that was struggling with depression and felt like she had no one she could consistently talk to because of her busy schedule. She was matched with a therapist through BetterHelp. After several months of sessions, I've seen a tremendous change in her personality and in her life. If you're needing therapy and and want to get some of those things off your chest, it's entirely online and designed to conveniently work around your schedule and empower you to be the best version of yourself. Just fill out a questionnaire and they will align you with the right therapist. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unimpressed today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash unimpressed. And then mathematics. When I had a daughter, it's like, uh, you know, I want to make sure I'm there for my daughter 110%. I ain't going nowhere, you know, and I almost go overboard. Do you feel like that? This is my kid. We're here. I'm doing oh, this. Yeah, I go over in the top, over the top for anything for my baby. Of course. Oh, my gosh. Wanted yeah. to have the best life. Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, it's just these patterns develop sometimes and, and people don't recognize people for who they are. What do you do just normally as in a, on a daily basis? Oh, my gosh. Well, I am an avid tennis player. So I play tennis with a group of older women. And that's pretty regular. I mean, I do that as much as possible. My baby and I, we go to the park. We go shopping. He loves his croissant. Um, <laughs> we're just, we are chilling. We're best friends. We love hanging out. All the animals I've got to take care of. That has to happen in the morning. That has to happen at night. That's a lot. That's honestly as much work. <laughs> Not as much work as having a kid, but it's definitely up there. It's like wild. We're currently renovating. That's kind of crazy. Um, I love l- working on projects and especially interior design. So I'm in the midst of picking wood floor. I know that could be boring for somebody to hear about, but that's literally what I was doing all day. I mean, gosh, the days are are definitely different. They're not always the same. Like next week, I'm recording my audio book. So that's exciting. So I'll be in studio studio for Tantor Media from like Monday to Thursday, like literally the whole day, all the way into the evening. So you know, obviously every week's not like that, but entertainment can kind of be, you know, unpredictable. You know, there's a lot of cliches that come with the industry you've you've been in. And I and I think you can use that 
you know, like with your antique store, you can use that as a foundation, you know, to help help any other pieces of your life and business. If there's anything at all that someone doesn't know about Tasha Rain, what what would it be? That's a good question. I don't always know like what the diehard fans know (laughs) or don't know. I mean, I'm pretty transparent with my life. So I like share a lot of the details about like my day to day and my interests and what I'm up to. But I definitely don't feel like people know that I'm (laughs) going into the retail space (laughs) and opening an antique shop. That's so random and fun. And I just don't think I've really you know, talked about that. So that's new information for sure. Was there, is there a theme or something you're developing to go along with the antique store to, to give it a twist or what, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah. So my house is themed in a fairy tale cottage aesthetic and I used to Airbnb it out and it was like a full experiential stay and people loved it, including myself. I loved it so much that I was like, I'm just going to live here. (laughs) And the store is also called the fairy tale cottage. And so it's going to have that same hyper feminine cottage core country girly vibe about it. And I'm really hopeful that, you know, people appreciate it and enjoy it. And it becomes a space where, you know, people will drive through Topanga Canyon and stop in and go there for the day and just visit the store and have like the best day ever with their mom or their family or friends. Because for me, I feel like antiquing is just my happy space. And I wanted to bring that to everybody else. And also with my eye and my theme. The thing is I haven't spent like a whole ton of time going to the flea markets and like estate sales and really like hoarding the stuff. So now is the time I've gone to do it. And I'm a little nervous because everybody keeps saying like, oh, that's something that like takes years to collect. And and I'm like, okay, well, I'm a good shopper. So I'm going to figure this out. <laughs> So your girl knows how to shop. Topanga is pretty cool. Is that's where you're at in Topanga? Yeah, that's where the store is at. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. So going back to the book, what are you trying to achieve with the book? You know, when you put this project together? You know what? My goal for the book was not how the book ended. And I'm sure, like, I haven't talked to a lot of other authors about their process, but I'm sure if I did, they would say the same thing about their books. Like they started one story and it ended in a different way than they could have ever imagined. And I find it to be so peculiar because it's not as if it's a fictional story. So in a fictional story, you would expect for the author to potentially make a different turn than they were expecting. But in a nonfiction memoir, how could it turn out differently than what you were expecting, you know? Yeah. I really went into the book thinking, I'm going to write something that's entertaining and that's empowering for women. And what I kind of got from it was an intro that was entertaining and then empowerment throughout the book. But honestly, a lot of kind of education about consent and about an adult film actress, me, my personal experience in the industry, surrounded by a culture that is inherently 
misogynistic. So it just didn't end up the way that I thought it would. And honestly, it kind of got dark and depressing and sad. And so even now, everybody keeps, my friends text me, they're like, oh my gosh, this is so, I'm so proud of you. I'm reading it right now. And I'm I'm like, full Lord, because I'm like, oh my gosh, I was way too vulnerable. I said way too much. And now I can never be seen again in my friends group is how I feel. And I don't know if that's just like how you feel when you overshare or like you're vulnerable, but I'm waiting for the feeling to go away because I'm like, oh my gosh, these people know everything. That's probably that vulnerability will probably make it a a big success, you you know, because it's very, I'm sure it's very hard to do that. Like when I've approaching this interview, I'm like, how do I say the right things? So I don't upset you or whatever it is. And I think to... I know I understand wanting to be sensitive towards other people. Yeah. You know, because I'm sure you get, you know, just different things all the time of just stuff. It probably just just like you're over it, I would think. (laughs) You know what I mean? As you would say, unimpressed. Unimpressed. You know, I've been in the entertainment game a little while, and I had this story about Rob Snyder, and uh, I managed this comedian, and I met Rob Snyder in Calabasas at this grocery store for a meeting, and my agent was ICM. And at the time, I had another comedian as my assistant, and Rob's in there, you know, pitching me, and hopefully Rob don't hear the story, but Rob's in there pitching me about one of my clients about making a movie. He said, hey, we'll get Adam on the, we'll get Adam Sandler involved, we're going to write this script, we need to do it now, now, now. Now, before this meeting started, he was talking about him and his wife were going to Europe for two weeks, and she was filming a TV show. So long and short of it, we would go through this whole melee and and about the, you know, about we're going to do this movie and this and that. And he says, the only thing is I need a $25,000 check before I had to Europe on Tuesday. And I'm walking out my and my agents like we're making a movie with Sandler and Rob Snyder. And my assistant was saying, we're, you know, excited. And I looked at both of them. And I said, I'm not paying for that some bitch's trip to Europe. And, you know, I just, it did, it never, I've dealt with a lot of famous people. And I think sometimes, sometimes people use their brand or their identity to get extra things and they don't deliver. And I just never, until someone is accountable to me, then I'll give them value. But if they're not ever accountable to me, I'm not going to give them value. I don't care who it is. So hence, I'm always unimpressed. And that's why I came up. It's more about me. It's more about me than anything else being, you know, not being wavered by the vapor of someone's title or someone hiding behind a veil um, that protects them and doesn't make them accountable. Yeah, I don't blame you for not wanting to give over the check. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of people would, though. A lot of money to demand for not doing anything. Yeah. No. You know how LA is. I mean, it's like everybody lives in a fantasy. You know, it's like be real. You know, be real. If you're going, if you're, if you're going to do something, right. Say what you're going to do. If you're not going to do something, then don't say it. There's a lot of people that say they're going to do a lot, but they never do it. <laughs> you know. I do know what you mean. Yeah. LA is, um, I think it's a strange place for people to live, to grow up. And I hate to say it, but I think it's an even weirder place for men. I really do. Because they think 
that they are Peter Pan and they can just like live here in their 20s forever. But they're like 70 years old. And they're like, OK, I'm finally ready to settle down. I mean, how, how much fun can you have? I don't know. <laughs> I'm tapped out. <laughs> you know what I mean? I do know what you mean. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> I mean, I've I've had a lot of fun. But after a while, it's like, what's important? Right. What's a purposeful life? I think we've had a good conversation. But is is there anything else that you want to put out to the world, you know, about the book, about you? I appreciate you being vulnerable because I think that being vulnerable is is what will make whatever you do successful. And it's hard for a lot of people to unveil that, you know, vulnerability, you know, especially entertainers. Um, so the fact you can do that, I think that will be a, a plus for you, even though you might have hesitation. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I'm so excited for, you know, people to read the book and to feel connected to it or for them to learn something about the adult industry that maybe they didn't know beforehand. I always find that to be a very purposeful way to communicate. Like last night I was watching, <laughs> this is so random, but I was watching Bama Rush on Netflix or on Hulu. It's like a documentary that explores Alabama's sorority rushing process. And I mean, because I'm a big fan of sorority rush and Bama Rush specifically, I feel like I kind of knew what I was getting into, but I definitely learned things that I would have never known otherwise or details that I was like, wow, that's really fascinating and really interesting. And I bring that up because it's a niche and it's a very kind of, I would say a very, I mean, sorority life, that's a very uh, private community, but the adult industry, the back end of it is also very private. It's ironic because it's so out there and open and in your face and you feel like you know what's going on, but you rarely ever, rarely ever get to hear people's candid anecdotal experiences, the truth of what and how they've processed their journey in the adult industry and behind the scenes and the details and the nuances and who they are as a human being. And it's not to say that it's not, of course, it's been done. Many people have written memoirs or blogs or communicated, but not anywhere as much as other forms of entertainment have. And so I think it's really important to give a voice to sex workers. And I'm really excited for people to read the book and to be surprised. In a way, when you're trying to develop a career and you're trying to survive and you make a choice and, and you go down that road based on your choice, right? You know, a lot of people are going to respond different ways, you know, and in, but until you go down that road, you don't know how you're going to respond, you know, because it, it's, it's following your passion, it's survival, it's life, it's all these things combined in one. So the dynamics get a little crazy. So, so I think, but I, I do think for people to understand that, I think there's a lot of value in that. Because maybe it can get rid of some of the cliches. Maybe it can, you know, create some different personas or whatever it may be. Because so, I think the more knowledge and the more the more stuff that's out there that people understand is it can only be a benefit. I feel the same way. The book is Princess the Porn Star. And where can we find the book? You can find the book 
on Barnes and Noble, Amazon, anywhere you buy books. But Amazon and Barnes and Noble, I know they have it in stock right now. Cool. And if you head, I'm in Charleston, South Carolina. And if you head to the East Coast, let me know. I don't know when I'll be in LA, but I used to go to LA about three or four times a year, but I haven't been out there in a while since the pandemic. But how's the town? Is it is it okay? Yeah. You know what? LA, as you know, is kind of hyper liberal. So we're still like living in the pandemic here. It's not as bad as it was in 2020, but people are still on edge. They're still taking things away. Um, also, the homeless crisis sadly has exploded in a way that you've never seen before. So there's definitely like a pandemic effect that has been left on Los Angeles, but it's nothing like New York City. And we're still functioning and people are trying to get back to normal. And I find that to be very, very hopeful. Cool. I wish you the best and I hope the book does well. And I appreciate you coming on the show. This has been Tasha Rain and I'm John Edmonds Cosma, the CEO of Bang Productions. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.